Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm in here with the damn show. Well, the Lakers have apparently changed their minds on the banner or had their minds changed. Gabe Vincent, we got an update on his health situation that is good news, uh, if it is to be believed. LeBron James have, are, are being honored for the play that they had throughout the in-season tournament. And then uh, tonight, by the time you guys are listening to this, the Lakers have a you know pretty fun matchup against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, so a lot to get to here today. Let's go ahead and get to it. I'm going to start with the actual pressing news here. Uh, it's, this is a report. Uh, by way of Shams Karania of The Athletic, that apparently Gabe Vincent has a target date in mind and it was considered a hopeful one. Uh, you know, the semantics on this are always kind of interesting, but apparently, according to Shams Karani, again, of The Athletic, Gabe Vincent is targeting December 18th, which I am recording this late on December 11th, so a week from yesterday, by the time you guys are listening to this, uh, the Lakers might have a fully healthy roster. I'm going to be honest. Uh, this is pretty surprising. Uh, to this point, it's not even just about like my sourcing on this because the people who I've kind of spoken to kind of reacted somewhat surprised to this too, but that's kind of neither here nor there. All of the public information to this point like, or I guess none of the public information to this point would have indicated that Vincent was like anywhere near a return. We didn't get any kind of escalation, uh, you know, in, in his rehab, any updates on that. Uh, there had been no like latest reevaluation or whatever. Um, maybe he did just kind of miraculously heal. Which, again, like I've said all along, this injury is a very tricky one um, to A, recover from, or B, from our perspective, try to understand because we don't have full information. And I look, when I saw the report from Shams, I'm not here saying that he has bad information um, or would relay bad information. We've never seen him do that before. Kind of. But but with with Babe though with Gabe, um, I, I you know all I am hoping for at this point is that he is legitimately healthy or on his way to being healthy, and and will be able to, you know, add something to this season. Now, what he would be able to add, uh, especially given this team's kind of present identity, I think that's worth having a bit of a conversation about. The Lakers have clearly found something with this wing rotation, right? Max Christie has come on and played well. Obviously, you have Cam Reddish and what he has done so far this season. Um, you have Jared Vanderbilt, now freshly back. Rui Hachimura, also now freshly back. Torian Prince has uh, also existed. And, you know, between those five wings the lakers have been able to just suffocate teams defensively and good teams right i ranted and raved on the last you know in yesterday's lowdown 
about the way that the Lakers really took the air out of the ball for the best offense, not just in the league, but to this point in the season, the most efficient offense ever. And, you know, it's not to say that Vincent is a bad defender. He is actually of the three kind of primary ball handlers that that the Lakers have um, between him, Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. He is the best defender of those three guys. Problem is he's not like big enough to actually alter uh, opposing offenses in the way that the wings that the Lakers have, have, um, you know, basically just fired upon all of these teams have. So, you know, I, I don't, I, I legitimately am, am curious what this looks like. And, you know, it's not just, you know, what it would look like if he takes some of, say, Max Christie's minutes, which would be probably my prediction here. Um, Christie is the lowest on the totem pole and, uh, you know, hasn't, he's been good, I think, but he hasn't been so incredible on both sides of the ball that you're like, well, he can't not play. So my guess would be that that Vincent uh, t- steps in and takes some of Christie's minutes, which is you know, okay, I guess kind of disappointing, whatever. Um, but like the thing that makes me a little nervous is that like, that, that I think Vincent will step in and now all of a sudden you'll have a lot more minutes where it is Vincent and D'Lo or Vincent and Austin. And not only is it Christy who winds up, um, you know, getting fewer minutes, but the Lakers current identity kind of sort of suffers because we know that ham likes to play as much on ball creativity as he can. Um, so yeah. And, and, and like, by the way, it also makes sense that you would want to get Vincent some minutes before you start getting to the point of the season where some of these decisions about personnel and across the roster have to start being made. And, you know, look, callously, I find myself intrigued by Vincent's return because unlike last year where, or even the year prior where if Kendrick Nunn was in trade rumors, it was just as a contract because he wasn't doing anything on the court. In this case, if Vincent is able to come back, uh, you know, you're able to trade a player and not just, you know, aggregate salary to, add up to whoever's uh, deal that you're, you're, you're getting in return. So look, there's a lot going on here. And first and foremost, I do legitimately hope that he is healthy and am happy to see a human being uh, get healthy, especially a human being who relies on his body uh, to make a living. I am happy to see that Gabe Vincent is reportedly uh, heading towards a return. If that is indeed the case. When you take a step beyond that, though, you do start to ask some questions that, you know, it's it, it's kind of like it's kind of like that guy at a party where uh, party's going well, and somebody you know the guy walks into the party, and this guy's like known for controlling the bluetooth or the auxiliary cord or whatever 
Like he's usually the, the, the party DJ. But he walks in and the music has been good to that point. And this guy walks into the party and he immediately assumes DJ responsibilities and starts replaying songs that have already been played because they are part of his repertoire. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, we're happy to. Sorry, dude, we already heard this song. And that's kind of how I feel about, like, you know, the idea of playing multiple guards here, having watched all of the wings play to this point. It's like, I I already already heard that song and didn't like it that much. I don't really need to hear it again. We're good. I is there any way we could just go back to the other guys next? Is that is that an option? Because if it's an option, I I think I would I would, you know, maybe prefer to 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 go in that direction. Um and and I think it's going to be really interesting to see what the team's response is to this too, because Vincent is a, is a newcomer. He doesn't have like political capital within the, the locker room. Didn't play very well in preseason. Didn't play very well for the stretches of time that we've, we've seen him to this point in the season. And I do kind of wonder if like the rest of everybody else is going to like, Oh, cool. Hey, Gabe, cool. You're back. Awesome. Great. Cool. Uh, the next story here is pretty dumb and also kind of predictable in that, uh, when the Lakers looked like they were on the verge of, or they were heading towards potentially winning an in-season tournament championship, um, there was the report that came out there that apparently the, uh, so this is from Arash Markazi of wherever he is now. Um, I'm told the Lakers currently have no plans to change their stance on only hanging banners for NBA championships. They don't hang banners for uh, Western Conference titles, Pacific Division titles, and for now, potential NBA in-season tournament titles, only NBA titles. To that, like when when I saw that report, my immediate response was, uh, my guess is, given the way, you know, the, the full court press that the league put out there, for this uh, in-season tournament. By the way, I I read a really interesting article from Ethan Strauss on the subject of the in-season tournament that like kind of outlined a lot of my concerns in that everybody is screaming about like how it was this like raging success where the way that we are gauging that success is kind of intangible and nobody is really, really willing to lend their voice to why statistically it was a success. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, um, but the, the league put on this full court press is trying to sell this in, in season tournament to a streamer. And in order to sell that in season tournament to a streamer, you have to make it feel legitimate. And if it is going to feel legitimate, you have to have the winner willing to proudly showcase the fact that they won this thing in the first year of its existence. So that's why I thought, yeah, makes sense that sure. The Lakers can have this policy, but the league would probably step in and say like, yeah, no, now you're, you're going to have to like, you know, be proud of the fact that you guys won this thing and break that policy. So here we are, uh, you know, half a week later 
And it was funny to see every single newsbreaker somewhat close to the Lakers come out with some version of, well, um, <laughs> uh, that is, uh, yeah, that is a policy that they used to have. And uh, now they are going to try to maintain that policy with banners that all look the same, but a banner for the in-season tournament is going to go up. So my guess is, and I haven't spoken to anybody about this yet, but my guess is that Adam Silver and the rest of the NBA offices said, no, you are going to fly a banner for this thing because we need it to feel legitimate. And part of it feeling legitimate is the team who wins it flaunting and, and, and showcasing the fact that they won it. I don't think the Lakers wanted to fly this thing. I, I think it's, it's, you know, pretty clear that if the Lakers had their choice here, they wouldn't have, maybe they do something different. Maybe they do something in the lobby of, of, uh, money laundering arena.com, whatever it is, Staples center, whatever it's going to be called for, you know, the foreseeable future. Uh, maybe you put the trophy somewhere where it can be seen, you know, in the hallways of, uh, I'm legitimately blanking. Oh, crypto.com. Uh, maybe, maybe it's, you know, whatever, whatever the, 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 the choices that they make, I do think that the Lakers see their policy of only hanging championship banners as like a kind of foundational aspect of their organization's identity. And I do think the NBA stepped in, told them you're going to tweak that, but let's find a compromise. And the compromise that the league and the Lakers, I think arrived at is uh, the Lakers. Uh, this is from Yovan Buha. The Lakers will celebrate their in-season tournament championship and LeBron James and Anthony Davis making their in NBA or the in-season all tournament team ahead of their home game against the New York Knicks on Monday, December 18th. Also potentially when Gabe Vincent might come back. Um, they will unveil a, a quote-unquote uh, unique add a year in uh, <laughs> add a year in season tournament banner per the team. Again, Jovan continues, the banner will be a different shape and color than the Lakers championship banners. Should they win future in-season tournament banner uh, championships, those years will be, oh, that's what he meant, uh, will be added to the single banner. LA is aiming to acknowledge the in-season tournament while preser preserving the distinction from a championship banner. So essentially what he's saying is that the Lakers are going to hang a singular banner that is going to have a bunch of space underneath it where in years that they win that championship, they'll just like, you know, add some lettering and say that they won in this case the the first year that they won it right was the 2023 in-season tournament if they win it again next year you would see 2024 up there next to it maybe skip a few years in 2028 or whatever it is uh however often they win this tournament but that is going to be what they do very much like you know a high school gymnasium that has to hang all of their so like when I played in in at Esperanza right we had Esperanza was a very competitive athletic school so you would have banners all throughout the uh the gym there 
that all said, you know, here's your track and field and years that you won league there and CIF stuff that you did over there. And there's the basketball one over there. And then there's the soccer one and the football one and the baseball one and all that stuff. And they, and you know, you walk underneath it and you can see the years that that team did what. And essentially that is what the Lakers, uh, what the, the, the Lakers in season banner is going to, to look like. And, um, you know, you knew that this was coming. I knew that it was coming, uh, where I, I had a pretty good idea that this was coming. That being that the league was going to step in and say that, no, you are actually going to acknowledge this thing, especially being the league's marquee franchise, right? The Lakers of all teams have to acknowledge this. But I can't lie. Um, it's a bit of a... I'm not going to go so far as to say it's a bummer. But it is kind of like a... Like, I already didn't care about this banner. And the league is, like, so focused on legitimizing the thing that you are making your marquee franchise alter one of its, like, core principles in order to acknowledge this thing that you just like sprouted out of nowhere. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> maybe I'm not the right person to talk about this. Maybe this is the kind of thing that I, I, I should talk to Harrison about and see what he feels about it. Because for me personally, I'm just like, this kind of sucks a little bit. Right. It that you know, I've always kind of taken pride in being a Lakers fan and saying like the only banners we fly are for championships. You could win the Pacific division. You could win the Western conference. Hell the Lakers made the Western conference finals last year. And there's nothing that acknowledges last season up on the walls because the Lakers have had way too many actually special seasons to need to acknowledge that. Right. You look at the Clippers and you know, you expect to see a banner for 10 game winning streaks because they're the Clippers and you, they need to find something to prop up that organization and that culture's uh, importance in the Lakers case. It's propped up by all of the winning. So yeah, I look for those who were like psyched about it. Do you whatever but I do find myself siding more with the people who are like, this is kind of lame. This is a little, especially because it, it so clearly was forced by the league where they're saying, Hey, uh, we need more ways than just all of the forced PR that we had throughout this in season tournament. We need it to continue to feel important. And yeah, sure. You have your cute little policy there, but Netflix is calling and they need to see that this thing is, is uh, important. And by the way, Netflix already turned them down. Like the, apparently uh, again, according to Strauss, Netflix was like, nah, we don't need to do a documentary about that. You have uh, HBO and max, right? Zaslav is basically saying uh, the head of, of, of Turner basically saying like, ah, we like having the NBA, but we don't need it. Right. So you have like the, the, the league in, in this kind of weird position and uh, we'll see what this turns out to, to look like when it comes time to negotiate for the next media rights deal. But yeah, as it returns here, as it uh, 
as it involves the Lakers and this policy that I actually have had, you know, a bit of pride, fandom pride built up in, it sucks that they had to break that policy because Adam Silver's stupid little tournament said so. Speaking of that stupid little tournament, uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, uh, like Yovan said, won or, or were honored as being a part of the all in-season tournament first team. Uh, they completely deserve it, right? They're the team that won it, so it makes sense that they would have two names attached to it. LeBron was the MVP, so you knew he was going to be on there. And, and AD, frankly, was like, the best player in the championship game. So you kind of understand why he would be on it. Uh, they were both very special in it. They, I thought, as I, as I mentioned in yesterday's show, I thought they really showcased what the Lakers are capable of when those guys are both, um, when, when they're both engaged like that. And yeah, I, I, you know, it's really cool. Congratulations to Anthony Davis and LeBron. I, apparently, I was remiss in not mentioning Austin Reeves and, and the effort that he had in the championship game. Also cool to watch him play like that. My note as it pertains to Austin is is every big game, he seems ready to go for it. Um, but yeah, LeBron, AD, totally deserving of this really cool honor um, in its inaugural state. And, uh, you know, the more... The more ways that we can look back on this, you know, era, the LeBron and AD era fondly, I, I, you know, that I'm cool with. So long as, so long as it doesn't break policy with, with, uh, something that a policy that has like lasted liberal decades in the Lakers organization. All right. Uh, really quickly, let's look ahead to the, the, the Lakers play the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> The Lakers play the uh, Dallas Mavericks tonight. By the time you guys are listening to this, it is in Dallas. I thought about going, uh, but it is my wife's birthday literally today. I had to wait until like midnight to record this because I was going to, I spent all day with, with her. Um, not like it is some, you know, bummer of a decision or whatever. Uh, but the Lakers head into Dallas. Dallas is uh, one and a half point favorites in this one which kind of sort of says that the Lakers are, are favorited in it. Uh, injuries, I believe um, the, the Kyrie Irving is dealing with an ankle thing and he is considered a game time decision. The Mavericks have several game time decisions. You have Kyrie, Derek Jones, Jr., Tim Hardaway, Jr., Maxi Kleber, uh, Kleba and Grant Williams are, uh, well, Kleba Williams and Hardaway are all out. Derek Jones Jr. is a game time decision and Kyrie Irving is considered a game time decision. Um, on the Lakers side of things, Gabe Vincent still out. Jared Vanderbilt considered a game time decision. LeBron James game time decision. Anthony Davis game time decision. And uh, Jalen Hood Shafino is apparently also out. But um, yeah, I think the Lakers are going to be relatively healthy. They're playing against a shorthanded Dallas Mavericks team. I would anticipate, uh, and I, I'm really looking forward to what all of these wings can do to deal with Luka Doncic, who is having another special season offensively. Um, so it, it's it's a game that I think the Lakers should probably take care of business in. I'm really curious to see how they approach this thing now that the stakes are 
you know, fully back to a mid to same December game. Uh, but yeah, I think the, the Lakers match up well here should, you know, I think handle their business and, and, uh, and, and be able to continue the momentum coming off of two stellar, no, three stellar wins, Phoenix beating the crap out of the Pelicans and then Indiana to win the in-season tournament. Uh, I hope that they, I hope that there isn't like such a noticeable step back in terms of engagement and discipline and all that, even if I kind of sort of feel like I'm seeing that coming. But even if they do take a bit of a step back there, they are talented enough, especially against a shorthanded Mavericks team that has been up and down this season. Um, I, I think the Lakers should be able to take care of business, even if they play with their food a little bit. I want to take a quick second here because for some reason, so the Lakers beat the Pelicans on Thursday, last Thursday. And the conversation coming out of that, I went back and I, I you know, was I, cause I was curious, Stephen A. Smith like went on this crazy rant where he kept calling Zion Williamson fat. He said that, you know, chefs know that he's going to eat the table and, and all these things. And, you know, I'm somebody who has cracked a Zion joke here and there. Um, and I am somebody who has criticized Zion for his conditioning, for his weight. And I don't know. I, I found like Stephen E. Smith's rant kind of tasteless, you know, and look, and this is where this is where it's tough because you're talking about a human being potentially dealing with like and look I don't think we would ever get it actually reported right if he had a food addiction if he had some kind of metabolic issue if this was you know something that like you know gaining weight was beyond his control I don't know if that would ever be fully reported on because there is such an economy around the guy um, where he is already worth hundreds of millions of dollars, um, that like the information coming out of that situation is never going to be perfect. So like we're kind of left with guessing, right? And we're kind of left with hypothesizing. For me, I have watched Zion Williamson go from being, honestly, He's the best athlete I've ever seen out of come out of college. And it's a bit of a trick there, right? Because LeBron came out of high school. But to me, in terms of like just raw explosiveness and torque and good God, get out of his way, Zion Williamson was pretty unmatched. And he's gone from that to... Uh, I'm going to be somewhat careful here his reputation around the league is in the dirt he isn't considered particularly professional he doesn't he you know to this point hasn't rehabbed his injuries hard and that's why you've seen you know otherwise fairly pedestrian injuries hold him out a little bit longer than with other athletes. Um, there are other potential explanations, right? So if it's like, if it's a ha hamstring thing with him because of how explosive he is, maybe that makes it that much harder to, to recover from. But also 
there are enough whispers out there that he didn't, you know, really focus and work hard to, to or, or as hard as was maybe expected of him to come back and, and, and recover from that injury. Um, you know, I, I can't not think of in that game between the Lakers and the Pelicans, there's a pick and roll. He gets the ball baseline with a runway in front of him, kind of shuffles his feet a little bit, gets ready to jump, and winds up committing an up and down infraction because he wasn't he wasn't physically capable of finishing over or through a couple of defenders in the way that he had at every other stage of his basketball career, high school, college, and even early rookie stage. But the funny thing is, as all of this is going on, last night he played another really good game, right? Uh, he played in, in um, like, right after Stephen A. Smith went on this big, long rant about how fat Zion Williamson is. In 33 minutes, he drops 36 points. He goes 10 of 12 from the free throw line, 13 of 17 from the field. Uh, only grabs five boards, which is still kind of weird how bad he is on the, on the glass. A couple assists, a steal, a block. Was a plus 26, which led everybody. And he did that against a Minnesota Timberwolves front line that has been elite this year defensively. And that's like, <clears throat> that's that's a tough thing here, right? If I was to... If I was to like try to explain the situation, I did. So today, you know, Jen took today off. So I took her out for lunch and we were driving to the little burger shop that we were going to go eat lunch at. And I was like, hey, I, I want your I, I, I want your opinion on this. Because I'm looking at, at this like whole situation just from the perspective of analyzing an athlete. A human, but also like a professional athlete. But I want more of an outsider's perspective on this. And so I asked her, I was like, so there's this guy, Zion Williamson. She goes, of course I know who Zion Williamson is. Sorry, sorry. So Zion comes into the league. He's like an overwhelming physical presence. He just jumps out of gyms, literally blows out of shoes because he was too explosive for the shoes that he was wearing that day at Duke. And she goes, oh, shit, I remember that. So, yeah, that guy, that guy, Jen happened to watch the Pelicans game with me that last Thursday, or at least a couple chunks of it. And, and I was like, that's Zion. She's like, that's Zion? That, like, that's not at all the guy that I remember. And I, I, you know, I said, yeah, he's had some issues with conditioning. He's had some soft tissue injuries. He has missed quite a bit of time. And oh, by the way, while all of this is going on, he has also flirted openly with the New York Knicks. Um, there have been trade rumors as recently as like, you know, the last eight to 10 months or so. Uh, he there. It's just it's it's been kind of a disaster since he has gotten to New Orleans. And it has been so counterproductive that, like, I do think that the healthier that he gets, the more I think we're going to start to see some of those uh, trade rumors pop back up again, neither here nor there though. That is me talking about this in the way that I talk about all of sports, right? I, I, I look at it from the sports angle, but I asked her, I was like, how am I 
supposed to talk about somebody's weight in this in this arena. What do I do here? And she said, well, you know, are you making fat jokes? Occasionally, you know, he went from, you know, altering gravity to have a having gravitational pull kind of thing. And she said, well, don't do that. Okay, I won't do that. Other than the last time. And she goes, when you're talking about them, are you saying like, why is this weight an issue? And I told her, well, it's because this is literally affecting his ability to do his job. And he is one of the higher paid players of his kind of generation. And there is just like no other way that he can be held accountable. And, you know, cause like I, I, I went on a bit of a Twitter rant today or yesterday asking like how to handle this kind of a thing. And somebody made an interesting point where they said, and again, I don't think fat shaming is good, but they said like to a certain extent, a, some, a big part of what plagues us now is that like celebrities and uber rich people are allowed to exist without shame. And again, I'm not making the case for fat shaming, right? If it's beyond your control, bullying is wrong, period, right? Um, and I, of all people, look at me. You're, like, if you're watching on YouTube, right, you can see the, the chin wobbling down there. Uh, I, of all people, am not somebody who should, like, go out and fat shame anybody. But it's kind of apples to oranges here because my weight, as I have gained it, hasn't made me worse at my job. You know, like it, it's it, it hasn't. It doesn't impact it. Whereas with Zion, his disinterest in conditioning has legitimately made him a less impactful player as he has gotten raises and now is kind of sort of holding the Pelicans hostage because there's no real way of holding this guy accountable. And that's where the shame thing comes in, right? Where. No, I don't. I'm not asking for the ability to fat shame this guy, but I do think we should be able to point out the fact that this guy has let himself go to the point where I'm not positive we're going to see him as explosive as he was in college, as he was as a rookie ever again, in large part because this guy has just like never particularly cared about being a New Orleans Pelican. He said before the season he's had trouble buying into what they're trying to build there. Would you have had those same problems if you were a New York Nick? No, right? And so, like, if he goes to New York eventually, and I think eventually that is how this probably all plays out, if he does wind up in New York and then gets in shape again, like, how, how do Pelicans fans get to react to that? Do they get to boo him? They should, right? They should be able to say, like, oh, F this, dude. Where was any of that work ethic while you were in New Orleans? It's not like the city of New Orleans did anything to offend you to the point where you felt like they didn't deserve your work ethic. They just weren't New York. And again, that's the shame thing, right? He can, and if he does wind up in New York and then gets in shape, that is a shameless existence, right? That's a shameless way to go about your professional business. And again, I'm not I'm not saying we should fat shame him, 
but we should point out that shamelessness. We should be able, I should, or anybody who is analyzing basketball should be able to point out that like, Hey man, in that Lakers game, he was freaking sucking wind after going on, you know, a nice little spurt in the first quarter. And it was predictable, right? I was, I watched him. He played really hard. And I was like, Oh man, we'll see how long this lasts. And then he faded, you know? And, and, uh, but then what's crazy is that like he turns around and this is the part that is, I think the most maddening here is that he turns around as these conversations are going on about how fat he is and how less of a player he is as a result of that poor conditioning. And he drops 36 points on 17 shots against the best defensive front line to this point in the NBA. And that's why he gets to hold the Pelicans hostage, right? Because they can't trade him at diminished cost. They like, they can't <laughs> people would lose their jobs over the fact that this guy like hasn't shown up. And then when he does show up, you're like, God, where is this all the time? You know? So I don't know. It is a long rant. And this honestly, this is legitimately, this is me asking you, the listener, how NBA media should handle this to me. Until there is actual bona fide reporting on some type of thyroid issue, metabolic, a food addiction kind of a thing. Until we get, you know, that possibility reported, I think we have to call out the poor conditioning. No, I don't think we need to go so far as to, like, make fun of it. And I I do make those jokes. And this is where it's tough because with this industry, right, we have seen the lines between journalist and entertainer blurred, right? Stephen A. Smith is a former journalist, still likes to consider himself a journalist, still does sourcing and all of that stuff. But is I think now more entertainer than journalist. And if you're an entertainer, fat jokes work if the point is to get cheap laughs, right? And I think that's what's going on there. So all of this is very, it's just very, it's, it's, it's all very frustrating. And I wish we weren't like having to talk about this because I wish this guy, like the basketball fan in me, wishes that we didn't have to have these conversations about him because while he was in shape, he was special, like groundbreaking special. And he is still clearly capable of that kind of effort. I just wish, again, me being a basketball fan here, not a Laker fan, because the Laker fan of me was like, I enjoyed watching you just kind of sloth your way around a nationally televised, you know, special game in a semifinal spot, a knockout stage. I watched, I, I, you know, I enjoyed the Lakers winning that game and I enjoyed laughing at the Pelicans because obviously Lakers fans and Pelicans fans have this weird pseudo rivalry thing going on. But the basketball fan in me 
and also somebody who like I've, I've traveled to New Orleans. I love that city. Like legitimately my favorite American city period uh, to travel to. And they were like met enough really, really, really nice people there and know enough like really, really nice people who cover New Orleans sports. Right. Um, I, I want to stop talking about this. I want this guy to get his act together. I just don't know if it's necessarily possible if we aren't allowed to criticize how long it has taken for this dude to get his act together. All right. That went a lot longer. That, that last conversation went a lot longer than it was supposed to go. So we are going ahead and get out of here uh, with, with uh, again, the game tonight. So for those of you who want to find a fun way to watch it, I am going to be on all access Lakers with, Raj and with Shub and with the rest of the gang there as the Lakers are playing in Dallas. So check us out there, playback.tv slash all access Lakers or download the iOS app uh, to, you know, to, for the ability to watch us there, create an account and then, and then uh, watch and comment and come on stage if you want, whatever you want to do. Um, and then right after the game, we will be doing, or I at least will be doing a post game show to recap what we just watched. So until then, and until the next time you guys talk to uh, I talk to you guys or the next time you guys hear from me, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's and I will talk to you tomorrow.